Welcome to the Pastor's Podcast. This is Pastor Scott with Pastor Ara. Hi, guys. Hi, Cornerstone. Yeah. Hi. Go ahead. Hi, Pastor Scott. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I got, I I got your you off. Uh, sparking water from fridge. I had it. You did. Well, yeah, you know what? I, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't even buy it. I didn't even buy it. We're, we're, we got like, you know, office... Uh, office drama here at the church <laughs> office walked in. I was like, Hey, you stole my sparkling water. <laughs> I would get one Monday. <laughs> no, somebody had an extra one and I put it in the fridge. That's okay. really all it is. It's awesome. just, it is my gift. It is uh, my privilege. Thank you for your generosity. <laughs> That's right. But you mentioned it anyway. I think on Sunday, Oh, it just made me laugh on Sunday afternoons. I think everything's fair game, right? Sure. Like pastors, like when we're done like preaching and everything else on a Sunday afternoon, we can't do anything like, yeah, we're like starving. I, what I really miss, I used to have a Sunday afternoon nap. Mm. I used to like have a post preaching nap, especially when I preached and that's like disappeared. It's amazing. Like after preaching, how tired you are mentally and even, even the body, like maybe people say, Oh, what you're doing? Like, I said like all I, I did preached. was talk for forty five minutes. Yeah, but I was like, it's it's exo- it's like physically exhausting. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. So, anyways, that that's that's not what we're here to talk about. Sure. But so I I wanted to just spend a little bit of time talking about what is going on in Afghanistan and the just ongoing unfolding tragedy after tragedy after tragedy in Afghanistan. But we've obviously seen so many people being killed and so many different things going on. The bombing and the American service members and hundreds of Afghanis trying to get out. Um, there's also so many stories of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are there, our Afghani brothers and sisters in Christ, and now trying to either get out or adjust to life under the Taliban. And so um, this is something that, I mean, I've read a little bit about, but oftentimes feel like uh, there's not a lot of information out there. And so I, I wanted to ask you in the conversations you've had with people and things like that, how how we can be really just basically how we can be praying for Afghanistan, how we can be praying for our brothers and sisters, how we can be praying in light of everything going on. Yeah, that's a very good observation mm. uh, through the internet and news. Uh, just I want to talk a little bit about the history. Maybe people here and said, oh, you're not from Afghanistan, you're from Iran. Mm. Uh, how uh, kind of, I'm not expert in Afghanistan, but I want to just give some a background of how Iran and Afghanistan connected to each other. Like mm. uh, since many, many years ago, uh, because of strategic area, Afghanistan, Iran is neighbor country. And they have common language uh, mm-hmm. called Dari. There is uh, two Pashtun and Dari, and Dari is kind of Farsi. We understand each other, and then all these um, uh, like wars in Afghanistan for many decades. Like lots of Afghans, they kind of became refugee and run away from Afghanistan to from east of Iran to uh, Iran. And <clears throat> since like my childhood. Uh, like I met lots of Afghan Afghani people. Uh, lots of them they work for us, and uh, there is a deep relationship with Iranian Afghanistan Afghani people from mm. Afghanistan, and and even right now, like uh, <clears throat> there is lots of uh, 
people from Afghanistan lives in Iran and uh, my mom tenant also from Afghanistan right now mm. uh, in Iran and uh, so we we have this deep relationship and uh, you know many times because uh, people from Afghanistan when they came to Iran um, you know sometimes there is discrimination uh, they were not able to get any identity in Iran, to go to a very difficult time to get uh, even married with uh, non-Afghan uh, people in Iran, mm. and the children has no identity. So there is lots of discrimination for people from Afghanistan, even in Iran. And um, I saw they are kind of really suffer a lot. Like the people that they suffer, they saw lots of things and there is uh, many generations in Afghanistan has uh, suffered because of uh, what's happening in Afghanistan. And um, so, as you know, when uh, we start Cornerstone Farsi, uh, Jamie was with us. So mm -hmm. uh, Jamie was living in uh, Tajikistan as a missionary, uh, and he lives many years in border of Afghanistan and Tajikistan. And... Uh, so we had, when he came here, we had started relationship with Afghani church in Los Angeles. And even, even I don't know if you remember or not, even we host a uh, conference yeah. here and we host this, um, uh, you know, we, we brought lots of believers from Bay Area and from Los Angeles. It was around uh, 100, 150 uh, Afghan believers um, and we had great time and always we had connection and friendship with uh, Afghani believers and also through uh, the ministry that I'm doing like online uh, through production and music video, Farsi music video, there is um, uh, there is some people that connected us and uh, after this happened um, you know uh, Taliban uh, came again there's few family contacted me that they need help. So last week, as you know, uh, uh, we wrote a letter, a recommendation letter for mm -hmm. uh, a family uh, believer in Afghanistan uh, to be able to come out of Afghanistan. And, and for me uh, to see all these things is really in like few days, I was shocked until... Mm -hmm. And also, I was angry, um, mm. and uh, even the bombing happened, the terror happened, mm -hmm. and one of the soldiers, a Marine member, uh, was uh, Iranian, Iranian-American, mm. which is break my heart in both sides. And I was, um, I was uh, listening to his dad uh, interview. It really hurt me and make me angry mm. <laughs> uh, for a few days. And then, uh, you know. I, I, I think if this situation hasn't made us a little angry, I don't know if we're paying attention. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, really, I was like, in the first day when I heard the Taliban, uh, uh, again, you know, because we saw lots of things uh, from Taliban. Yeah. Uh, I was in Iran when Taliban started doing uh, horrible stuff and, and, you know, we as American, uh, when we are watching TV, uh, 
we are watching news. Uh, we don't need to believe everything they are saying. Um, huh. I think the American needs to uh, think about like when we say like Taliban, okay, they kill our soldiers, which is hurt us, uh-huh. and we get angry. I got angry, and mm. I think Americans, especially Christian, uh, American Christian, we need to think about the families and Christians also. They're, they're living in Afghanistan right now. Mm. So there is something happen in Afghanistan. And if I can stop the war, I will stop it. Mm-hmm. But I can't do it right mm-hmm. now. And what we are seeing in TV, like people jumping on airplane and trying to uh, save their life and mm-hmm. lots of men and also lots of people, they, they left behind everything and they're trying to... Uh, to leave Afghanistan. Now, look, in Tajikistan, in Iran, in Turkey, there's lots of lots of refugees. And like two days ago, even the news, like there is few family, uh, Afghan refugee family came to Glendale. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so there's lots of things that's happening right now. And, and kind of, we need to think something else. Uh, and I was thinking like, oh, I can be angry very easy. I can get uh, hurt, I can uh, even even in my social media. The first two days, uh, by my anger, I I kind of post something that it was like it was my hurt that mm. these people is suffering and we just don't care about them, mm. and and I was just kind of <laughs> feel a little bit uh, relief from the first anger as a human. Like I'm I'm a human. I cannot say like. Like I was struggling, and then uh, I said, "Like now, what we should do as a as a church, as a, as a people, as a Americans that live in a in a country such here?" And uh, I said, "Like I need to think about believers in Afghanistan, what they are doing mm. right now." Mm. And uh, that's uh, you know, in Afghanistan, uh, one of the things that the believers is doing right now uh, in a freedom days, like. Uh, before Taliban arrived, uh, some of the family they register as a Christians. Mm. Uh, I think is around thirty nine family register. Why they register as a Christian to kind of uh, put a legacy kind of in the um, future generation. So there is uh, thirty nine, if I'm not wrong, thirty nine family register as a Christians. So what's happened to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard like Taliban uh, house to house, they're looking for um, for Christians. Uh, they're looking for people that they've worked with, foreigners. And also even if they find like Bible app in your phone, uh, they will take you. And, mm-hmm. and, and it just, uh, it's just uh, crazy. But in meantime, like um, uh, I'm sure, uh, the church in Afghanistan is growing. It's mm. much, much growing. Like a few months ago, like I find uh, somebody that we start thinking to produce like Dari song, worship song, which is mm. there's not many resources. So and I said, uh, how, how can I be part of what God is doing in Afghanistan among Afghani people? And I said like, okay, maybe I can do uh, like produce some worship song in their language and their accent in their uh, uh, mother uh, tongue. So, 
So, so okay. So l- l- let me ask you about that though, because it seems to me like if the Taliban takes over, we would assume that the church is going to be crushed. But you, you seem to be optimistic that the church is going to continue to grow. Sure. Like, uh, you know, 20 years ago with when Americans, they, uh, they came to Afghanistan and free Afghanistan from old Taliban. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, there was a hope for people, mm. uh, for freedom, for women rights. Uh, like even women could not go out to go to school. Uh, one of the uh, very uh, women group, like females in Afghanistan, uh, according to the Sharia law from Taliban, they are under pressure. And after, you know, a freedom 20 years ago, they start going to school, they start working, they start uh, working in TV, you know, sport again. Mm-hmm. And after 20 years, uh, what really disappointed us and for many people from Afghanistan the hope that they had, it was false hope. Mm. You know, the problem was, uh, in my opinion, the hope they had for freedom, uh, for better life, uh, it was false hope. Because as as we know, uh, you know, in one night, everybody left. Mm. Uh, everything they hope is just gone. And I think uh, as, a, as a believer, as an American and Western church, we need to pray people can experience real hope in Jesus, real mm. hope in him and uh, uh, for peace and for uh, freedom for them in mm. their heart. That's mm. more important. And that's like, show me again, after I overcome to my anger, uh, what's happened, anger from everything. and. And I said, like, my hope even for Afghanistan, uh, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm thinking very big always. Like, <laughs> I, I see Afghanistan because they speak Dari. I, I see Afghanistan, my people even. Mm. Uh, and I said, my hope to, for people in Afghanistan was false even because I said, oh, they have freedom. But in reality, everybody knows now that that was a false hope mm. to just... Um, think that you know Americans can come and free us, uh, but the real free and hope is only uh, in Jesus. And, and and these days we are seeing like at the Taliban is a little bit change, uh, according twenty years ago. But still, like I heard even now, the women and girls cannot go alone. They have mm-hmm. to have a man beside mm-hmm. them to be alone uh, to go. Uh, out, so that's uh, that's uh, I think um, the biggest issue that lots of people they. So so in light of that, I mean I think I think it's such a helpful and such an important reminder, right? That and and that while there's very real um, dangers and crushing disappointments in this season, that that. God in the midst of this, yeah. um, in the midst of everything, continues to build his church and will build his church in Afghanistan, that his church wasn't dependent 
on, I, I think I, I can feel like the church is like the church in Afghanistan is dependent, was dependent on the U S military. Mm-hmm. And now the U S military is gone. Like the, U, the, the church has no, but that, that's getting things backwards again. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah. God builds his church and he, and he, just like he does in Iran yeah. now and yeah. continues to build. I mean, right. The, the fastest growing church in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Arguably is, is the church in Iran. Right. Yeah. And it's not in a free society. Um, but God is bringing hope and transformation. And so in, in, in light of that, I mean, how, how would you, maybe even in light of that and in light of seeing the fallout from the revolution in Iran over the last four, 40 years, hmm. how, how would you encourage us to be praying for um, the church in Afghanistan? Uh, you know, uh I pray um, God's work uh, continue in Afghanistan, which mm-hmm. is is doing it. God is doing amazing things, even in Iran and Afghanistan. And uh, you know, sometimes as American church and uh, mission organization, we always uh, we're always thinking, and even sometimes like believers in such a country like Iran and Afghanistan, they're, mm-hmm. they're thinking they, uh, they help should come from outside. Mm. Uh, I think the best way, uh, I believe strongly the best way, that's why I'm here. Uh, because what Cornerstone believes uh, is amazing. And I, I think it's biblical. Mm. I think they need to search and they need to pursue the help if we want to see Afghan and Iranian church grow, Afghan inside of Afghanistan should help mm. to grow the church. Mm. If Iranian wants to grow in the faith, the Iranian from inside should help. So from outside, we can't like we can't help them, mm. disciple them very well. Uh, you know, in Afghanistan, when uh, in a in a country like we call ten forty window and mm-hmm. most persecuted countries, uh, the the believers in Afghanistan and Iran they understand the uh, the term of church, mm-hmm. uh, but in Western church and as American, we always like very slightly going to uh, uh, to explain church as a building, like mm-hmm. when we are calling the church. We see the building is first. Like if mm. the church as a building is a church, mm. but in Afghanistan and Iran, the church for Afghani believers it means them. Mm. And uh, I saw lots of missionaries. This is like one of the weakest uh, uh, point of missionaries, and also the people that helping uh, us. Uh, in in that countries they're thinking oh we can start the church like as a as a mentality of church planting or oh, we have to start the church but so many times we go fast even even for example the bay area there's lots of uh, afghani people and lots of organization they want to start the church mm. but that's the that's the mistake mm. i think the best way we can pray as american church that Afghani people and Afghani believers 
they should start with discipleship. They should disciple people then more than starting the church call every mm-hmm. Sunday. And I think the best way uh, to pray that uh, these people, uh, they grow in faith, uh, mm-hmm. they grow in forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, because lots of them, they, uh, they hurt. For example, I was working with missionaries inside of Iran. When I got caught in an airport and they, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, it's just, I felt nobody like left behind. Because I was not uh, valuable anymore. I can't do any ministry. And I just kind of felt left alone and behind. Mm. So that hurts a lot. And even now, you see, uh, there, is, there is a problem. And what's happened, the missionaries and Christian organization, they left behind all Afghani believers in, mm. uh, in Afghanistan. And now what's happening there, they should disciple the help from outside is gone and left you behind because they can go out. But Afghani people, very hard, you know, if they can do it, they will do it. But if they can, they, they have no choice. They start, uh, they, they should stay there. But, uh, my prayers is God will bring up leaders and disciples mm. that they can disciple others in Afghanistan. In that mm. case, uh, people will grow in faith uh, rapidly, mm. and I think we should we should pray for that. Mm. I appreciate that, and you know that's it. It reminds me that that one of the most powerful things we can do is to be praying. And I think sometimes that again our, our lack of faith. Uh, I know my lack of faith sometimes makes it feel like oh. Prayer, you know, it's just talking and, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing, and, and I feel so handcuffed because there's, I can't actually do so many things to help, but by praying, we're talking to the God of the universe who is active and working in Afghanistan now. Sure. Right. The U S yeah, military man. is gone. All the NGOs are gone. Yeah. And God and his spirit are still there. Amen. God has not been chased out. Mm-hmm. He's working and he's working powerfully and he's working through our brothers and sisters and we get to talk to him and mm-hmm. beseech and, and join in the chorus calling out and crying out for our brothers and sisters there. Like what, what, just what an incredible privilege. Praise God. Yeah. And, and also like uh, another more like uh, uh, need I, I'm seeing there is for sure we are going to see lots of Afghan uh, refugees from Afghanistan. Mm. And you know, uh, uh, with all this connection we had and uh, as their testimony, how they became Christian, mm. uh, most of Afghani people, when they became Christian, because of love of uh, host countries. Mm. And I heard many testimony that because they saw love and mercy and support and care from Christians, mm. American Christian, they became Christian. Mm. That's why. So I think our role right now, you know, it's happened, it's happened. Like we can't change history. We can't change this, um, lots of things, but now there is opportunity for us and we need to kind of be ready and hungry mm. uh, to uh, to love these refugees that they're coming, the thousands of people will come. Mm. And how, like, uh, uh, um, I'm talking to myself, I said, how I can help if, somebody from Afghanistan with all these needs 
is coming. How should I do? How as a church mm. we can love them? So we have to prepare ourselves to love uh, people. And also there's lots of, we can pray for refugees uh, that are coming out of Afghanistan. There's big needs and how we can uh, pray and pray that Lord, and I, I'm praying that Lord bring some good believers and good churches, any country that they're going as a refugee, they can meet with these people, they can meet with believers, and and that can change their life because the believers, the, the true believers, is carrying the hope of Jesus and message of gospel. Mm. So that message of gospel can change their life mm. forever. Mm. And they can hold on the real hope, not hope from mm. Aura or Pastor Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so what, what, a, what a gift that we can pray for God's working in Afghanistan, and we can pray for his working in the host countries as they spread sure. across the, as this kind of migration, in a sense, happens, um, and look for opportunities. And I'm, I'm hoping, actually, we're going to talk more about those in some coming weeks, but uh, um, looking for opportunities for us to engage as well. So, Thank you, Scott, for giving me opportunity to just loudly talk my heart, <laughs> <laughs> my anger, and also my hope in Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I'm sure that a cornerstone is a great place. Uh, we are always so blessed to get to hear you loudly talk your heart. So <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you brother. You. All right. And thank you guys for listening. We love you. And we'll see you on Sunday. 